0: I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. Potluck, potluck. The potluck is going really great. A potluck. Seriously. Seriously. This is The Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Okay, welcome to the Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Today we have two incredible Inman's. My name's David Inman, and I'm joined by my brother Steve, who is a great guy and also a very funny person. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having
1: me so much. you I've welcome. never been called incredible before.
0: That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Well, you are incredible, and... Uh, I thought it would be fun to do a show where we talked about what it was like, you know there there are so many young people out there who I think could really benefit from our wisdom about what it was <laughs> what it was like to grow up in the 1960s. It was a simpler time, yeah, um, and I thought the first thing we'd start off talking about is television because it obviously played a major role in in both of our lives and, and a lot of our childhood memories are kinda of tied up with them and I wonder so let's just start what is your I just remember that
1: our whole house revolved around television um, you know I don't think we did hardly anything that wasn't somehow around the TV um, maybe it was just one of those things at the time of in the 60s it was a it was a great distraction i guess um and we just did a lot of things um everything sort of revolved around the tv so it was great you know i i the only thing the earliest memory that i have of television um was that it was big (laughs) and it was like a big cabinet with a tv you know stuck in it um and, and that really, and then we also had our grandmother uh, had a one of the first, I don't know if it was the first, Magnavox. Mm-hmm. And it sounded when you push the button, there was that little sound.
0: <laughs> it had two buttons.
1: Yeah, one was for volume and one, let's see, one was for channel, the other one's for volume or on and off. Yeah. Um,
0: it was about the size of a brick. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, and... Our grandmother's living room, you know, probably from the chair to the TV, it was about eight feet.
1: Oh, if that much. So,
0: it wasn't like this was like a ... I mean, it, you were certainly encouraged to stay in your chair and use it, but if you had, had got gotten up and changed the channel, you, you probably could have done it, especially if you were young and energetic the way we were. But, yes. Yes. But yeah, I think our grandparents actually both had color TVs before we did. Because I remember Mama and Papa, our other grandparents, had a uh, Quasar. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, and the same kind of thing, huge cabinet. And uh, a big deal to go over to their house and watch yeah. color TV. And I think the first show in color that I remember being excited about was was Batman. Mm-hmm. Do you remember riding on our bikes up to Steve Mayer's house and to watch Batman? No. See, they had a color TV and we didn't.
1: So I do not remember that. Yeah. but So when was our first color TV?
0: I think it was pretty soon after that. Batman came on in like January of 66. I think we got one shortly after that. I can remember, of course, this is the kind of stuff I remember. We went to Erringer's Furniture, got the set. They brought it, they delivered it to our house and then had some kind of like technician show up and adjust the color and everything. And uh, we'd finally joined the space age with a color tv set what kind i mean
1: was it a because uh, the first color set that i remember is the uh the black one portable that, that had a handle on oh. it not the panasonic the black one i think we got it at sears it was a birthday present is that well for you of yeah. course yeah
0: <laughs> that was the year i think you got some bubble gum and i got a portable oh, color yeah. tv but um yeah, well, that no. Our first set was a Sylvania, and it was oh, yeah. like you say, a big cabinet, and uh, you know, we'd we'd lay down on the floor like directly, and just look up. I guess we had really strong neck muscles, or we were really flexible. We would just look up at an angle and watch the screen until Mom read something about yeah color TV radiation, you know, destroying our right. capacity to procreate. I don't know something, but anyway. It was, uh, it was a wondrous time. We would get up, and, and, and you're right, our lives would revolve around it. We would mm-hmm. get up early Saturday morning before Mom and Dad. And Sunday. Yeah, and TV had barely even signed on for the day. They always signed on with, like, Davy and Goliath or something <laughs> religious, and we yeah. were just in front of it watching it. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some good lessons. You yeah,
1: know. yeah. That's, uh, I, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, they were talking about significant events in the lives of um, a certain age group, and of course, one of them—the the significant event that you sort of everything re- was the uh, uh, revolved around was when JFK got shot right, mm-hmm. in '63, mm-hmm. and then another one was another, um, you know, major moment was when they did when they walked on the moon in mm-hmm. '69. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching the, the Walking on the Moon, July 20th, 1969. I was nine. You were twelve. Mm-hmm. I For some reason, I don't know what happened, but I got in trouble. We had been out all day for something, and I came home and I got in trouble, and I don't even know what I did now. But we had company over. Our cousins that lived across the street, I think, were at the house. Our grandparents were at the house, so there was all of us in this room in our quote family room which really used to be a garage and watching the watching walk on the moon and I remember that the whole time I was still weeping because something I don't know if my mom <laughs> if she beat me or if she, yeah, she verbally yeah. abused me yeah, maybe both um, <laughs> I was just a wreck and I was crying and you know that kind of stuff <laughs> and so I do remember that but um, but the but the the early stuff, the Saturday morning, you know, getting up at what? Who even knows? It may have been eight o'clock for all we know. We I thought right. it was we like six was, o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah. But the Happy Goodman family, you <laughs> remember that? Watching them.
0: Were they ever sad? Ever? Never. Oh, they well, were sad? always
1: happy. But they were, you know, for little kids like us, I, they, We'd look, watch anything. they look they looked like freaks to me. You know, <laughs> she had that big pile of hair, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and. Um, so it was a god I'm sure you pe- some people know that it was a gospel group but they would sing all this stuff and we just uh, it, it was quite interesting but I don't remember um did we did we parties on weekends sometimes mm-hmm. right and we'd get mm-hmm. up in the morning and then we'd see all the cigarette butts in the drinks and the beer cans and everything
0: else. Yeah, and we, and I remember, well, we've talked about this before. One morning we just decided we were going to just put all the drinks together just to see how much, you know, little half empty.
1: And you made me drink it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then, no, I didn't. <coughs> And then there were, all right, so there used to be these tablets called fizzies. Right.
1: This is the clown who never smiled. Nothing could make him smile. Not monkeys, or birthday cakes, or racing bikes with double handbrakes. Nothing could make him smile. And then one day a little bird told him about a wonderful magical thing. A tablet called Fizzies.
0: Hey, Mr. Clown, watch me. Just drop me in a glass of water. I make the best-tasting sparkling drink. And I come in five delicious flavors. Grape, orange, cherry, lemon, lime, and strawberry. Watch me go. You gotta look quick. Look! Bye! So the clown tried Fizzies. It tickled his ear, it tickled his nose, it tickled, it tickled his taste. And he started to smile, and he smiled till the smile spread all over his face. Whee!
1: said the clown. That's a tippy top drink. Fizzies for me. Fizzies are delicious, healthful, enriched with vitamin C. No sugar to add. Safer for children's teeth. Won't spoil appetites. No
0: bottles, no pitcher, no mess. Get fizzy. And we had some in our house, because what kid wouldn't like? Dropping tablets into water and make carbonation, but we dared each other to put one on our tongue. Do you remember that? No. It was. What 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 happened when we did it? We went to the no. I'm just kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> I did. But, I went because I did it first. Yeah. We, I, yeah. Here, dude, put this on your tongue and to see what happens. Do this.
0: <laughs> um, nothing happened except that it was like a very very weird sensation on our tongues. I don't even know why I remember that. There's something about that. I, I do not remember that. Yeah.
1: Well, then, the, of course, the, the big shows at the time, Batman was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh. Um, of course, well, I remember, you know, it's funny how you associate, well, we wa- on Monday night, we would watch mm-hmm. this. On Tuesday night, we would watch this. And, um, I do remember the Monday night watching I Love Lucy. Now, that was probably a little bit later
0: the Lucy show or the, or was it the Lucy show then yeah
1: with, with Gail Gordon and her yeah, daughter yeah. and she worked in a uh, he was a banker act. was he a banker Mr. Mooney yeah
0: Mr. Mooney Yeah.
1: and then and then after that I don't know there was something in between that and then the Doris Day show at 10 o'clock or, or maybe it was earlier than mm-hmm. that what time was the Doris Day show I think
0: on? it was on 930 usually maybe RFD or something okay. like that or Andy Griffith yeah right yeah I mean, well that was, that was that was always on Mondays yeah. You know,
1: I don't think we, I, I'm sure that we watched Andy Griffith when we were kids, but I don't think I've, it's not even close to how much I've watched the it as an Andy adult.
0: I don't think we appreciated Story it. Although I do have a memory of this, <laughs> and I, I hate to break this to you, but when you were really little I, and I, know I was where older, you're going with I, I, this. mom would let me get up after you went to sleep and oh, watch the sure. Andy Griffith show. Great, that's fine. It was great! <laughs> Without you! <laughs> But no, we didn't really realize it was just this show that was on every week. It wasn't that big a deal yeah. to us. I don't yeah. think we appreciated it until we got a little bit older. But yeah, so that, so that's Monday night, you know. And this we were a big sitcom family. Yeah. It was like Hogan's Heroes and Bewitched. And, and uh, if it was a sitcom, we were probably going to watch it, including the one show that drove me crazy when I was a kid a Beverly Hillbilly. <laughs> So that's right, what's was the Beverly Hillbillies. Cause the Beverly Hillbillies were always intentionally to me misunderstanding things. Like, you know, they moved into the mansion and the billiard room was where they'd have vittles, because you could like put the pots on pool cues. Oh yeah. And pass them around. It was okay. you know, and, and the doorbell, which was, you know, the music and the scary music in the walls that let you know people were come over, and I would literally sit there and look at the TV and go, It's a doorbell! You idiots! I was not the target audience for the Beverly (laughs) Hillbillies, I guess. But that show drove me crazy. Yeah. The Green Acres and Dick Van Dyke and and shows like that. And then, you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I I never, I mean, I never really thought
1: that that Green Acres was funny. I mean, I thought the premise, I mean... Yeah, the idea was kind of funny. Oh yeah, I get it. Take somebody from New York and move him out to the country. Right. Ha yeah. ha! But the really the thing I thought that made it funny was um, it. It wasn't really Eddie Albert and Ja Zsa, Zsa Gabor or Ava Gabor, whichever one it was. I thought it was Mr. Haney was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought the guy that was the. Um,
0: county
1: agent, yeah. Hank Kimball. Right? Hank Kimball. I thought he was funny. I thought Ebb was ridiculous. I thought <laughs> Arnold Ziffel. Yeah. That was just, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine the people that were making this show, I can't imagine that they would, hey, let's put a pig in there, and then that would be funny. And then we have this other guy who's, you know, like a real hick, and he's going, you know, I just don't, I, I don't know. I never really thought that show was that funny. But, um, you know, it was a success, and it was... A hit in the ratings. I don't know why, but obviously it was. Well,
0: and and it's actually that's a show that actually is another one that looks better in retrospect, especially because we're older. It's actually pretty bizarre. I mean, it's yeah. just the stuff that goes on. But see, we're I didn't even realize at the time that Batman was supposed to be funny. I was nine years old, so I didn't to either. me, it was just like comics and it was kind of goofy but I didn't think they were intentionally trying to be no humorous so all of that either. stuff just went over my head I
1: just thought that if he if Batman and Robin were in a, a tough spot and Batman says well this is a good a good time to use my bat whatever I just thought man that dude thinks everything <laughs> you know he's just Anything he gets into, he's he's he ready. ready. Yeah, I got my boomerang, or I got my <laughs> plexiglass shield, or whatever it was. Um,
0: Batman was smart.
1: Yeah, he just you yeah.
0: don't have to be Batman unless you've got some intelligence, because yeah. otherwise you're gonna get run over. Or well, something.
1: the the villains was a whole nother deal with those guys. You know the the I was scared to death of the Joker, of course.
0: Well, it's big of you to.
1: Well, I to. have a feeling that there's other people out there. That were scared by Caesar Romero with white <laughs> makeup on his face and uh, orange hair or whatever color his hair was. And, well, and uh, he was
0: always shot in like really big close-ups where he'd be yeah. like laughing maniacally, and yeah. It's you know my my big show that that frightened me, which is really ridiculous in retrospect, was Lost in Space. And the only reason it scared me was because on one—I mean, it was not a show that had a lot of monsters on it—but there was one episode where there was one with that, and that was enough to just—I'm watching the Patty Duke show from now on. I'm not watching Lost in Space anymore. I'm turning the channel. She never has monsters. <laughs> there on are hers. no monsters on the Patty Duke show. <laughs> no, it was—it was enough to, and it was. So then, you'd have the—the uh, the scene on the playground the next day, you know. Did you watch Lost in Space last night? Yeah, I was about it. And I'd be like, Yeah, I watched it. It was, it was the one where they were lost in space. You know, I mean, it was like I'd be bluffing my way through, you know, third grade research. Oh. Yeah, Lost in Space. Oh, I love that show. Everybody watches that show. But that was, that was a hard one. And,
1: and of course, the, uh, the little tidbit of knowledge that the guy who played Dr. Smith was from Louisville.
0: Yes, where we're based.
1: Yeah, and lived in the in the area for a long time. I guess he did. I think he may have died here. But.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, this came up one night when I was doing a radio call-in show uh, about movie and TV trivia, and some. And I had always heard that rumor, but I never could verify it. And when I mentioned it on the radio, all these people started calling and saying, "Yeah, it happened." Apparently, his son lived here in town, and the story was that. Jonathan Harris, the actor, he would come here to dry out, and then he would go back to Hollywood. And somebody actually called in the radio show and said, his son lived in our neighborhood, and my brother and I kind of dared each other to go up to the door and ask for his autograph. So they both like get their nerve up, and they go to the door, and they're knocking and he comes to the door. And in true Dr. Smith style, they say, like, can we have your autograph? He's like, no, and then like closes the door on him. So he was that way all the time. Dr. No, Smith yeah. was a real life. I, I did not.
1: Um, yes, we did watch it. I didn't really understand it. But the the monsters, I mean, they weren't very often. But boy, when they were on there, they, <laughs> they didn't mess around.
0: There was one. And I think they made this into a model. It was like a a cyclops-like monster with like a rock up over his head about to like smash a little space chariot thing, I don't know, I remember that, but you're right, I mean, anybody looking at it today, it probably looked pretty fakey, but to us.
1: Yeah, things that that, uh, if people today watch the things that we watch, they would probably have, I don't know, they may just think it was totally silly. One example of those. For us was um, we we for some reason I think it was the influence of my grandparents. We watched the the Lawrence Welk show,
0: <laughs> which was and the monsters on there were terrifying. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah,
1: Joe Feeney, he was scary. <laughs> no, they, they um, but we would watch the Lawrence Welk show, and you know I I didn't really I didn't hate it. Uh, I was always a music lover, but. I especially like the Lennon sisters because I thought they were cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else, like like I now that I see it today, because it's on, um, um, it's on public television now. You can go, you don't know you can watch it. I see the shows today, and the suits that, that the musicians wore. <laughs> I always used to think that they were like, man, that's a wild color for a suit, like orange or <laughs> yellow. And I thought, oh, man, but then I see it now, and it really looks stupid. You're (laughs) thinking, who is the fool that made those suits? Who thought, hey, how about yellow suits this week, or whatever? Yellow three-piece, right? So anyway, but but I did something else I knew, or I've sort of found out as I've grown older, is that uh, Lawrence Welk was notorious. He had only the best players that he could find. Best singers, best dancers, best musicians. Uh, and so he would end up with this reputation of, I mean, he was he was rough. He was mm-hmm. uh, a perfectionist with these people, and not everybody got along with him.
0: And, and that if kind you of missed thing. a date or a gig,
1: Exa- you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we watched that. And um, my, actually, my wife used to watch it too at her grandparents', and she could tell <laughs> it was the me-
0: national grandparents <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> she could tell me like when somebody came on, she would say, "Oh, my grandma used to say this about this guy," or. Uh, there was one guy that's like the modern he was like the modern the one that the kids would like you know he had real long <laughs> oh, hair uh, yeah. but I won't be able to remember, I can't his, remember name. his name either. anyway he would come on and her, my wife's grandmother would say hey here's so and so you know like the one, <laughs> the, the one the kids like you know and he would he would get his guitar out and he would do like a John Denver song or mm-hmm. something so everybody thought he was relevant but uh, <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, that was a big deal, there, and I never could understand, there were never ever really any celebrities on there, it was all just Lawrence His Rock's family. people, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Which must have been a pretty great gig, I mean, because he had people stay with him for years. And, oh, and, sure. You know, and not only do the TV show, but go on tours. I think they did like every state fair in the world and stuff like that. And
1: uh, They're still doing it, I mean... I can't. I won't be able to think of their name, but a husband and wife singing duo. They're still out singing. Man. I mean, they look like they're about 104, but they're still singing and they're still out doing jobs and they're still known. God for bless them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: It's. I mean, it was an empire. He had been. He had. He had been doing like a local show in L.A. When ABC like first put that on in
1: L.A. Really. But he's and, from Oklahoma or something Yeah, right? it's
0: like somewhere. Okay. I'll tell you what. And so their sponsors in, in the 50s and 60s were Dodge. And that's why Aunt Laura and Uncle Fred always bought Dodges because they loved Lawrence Welk. So, I, I mean, know. Little known fact. <laughs> that is.
1: Nobody out there knew it. I know.
0: Sure they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: that's it's, funny. I didn't know that. And it's,
0: yeah, so Lawrence Welk oh. on Saturday in the Hollywood Palace.
1: Was, now, was that on Saturday mm-hmm. night as well?
0: Yeah. Usually so was, usually after Lawrence Welk. Okay. I remember when uh when Gilligan's Island first came on, it was also on Saturday night, right after well the, Jackie Gleason was also on Saturday night. And there was a little bit of conflict there for a while, because when we'd stay over we wanted to watch Gilligan's Island, but I think Lawrence Welk usually ended up winning the day. So, so
1: Gilligan's Island was on at six PM?
0: No, at that point Lawrence Welk was on like, I don't know, eight thirty. Oh. Okay. Eight or eight thirty, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jackie Gleason was another one that we, we didn't like, oh, Jackie Gleason's on, we had to go watch yeah, it. But we, just we would just that, watch yeah, it because he yeah. was funny. And uh, The Honeymooners was something, it was, we would watch it occasionally, but it wasn't like that.
0: You know, it's amazing. So again, this is, there were, th- we had three channels.
1: Right. That, that yeah. was
0: it. So it was like, and and to kids, it's like, why don't we just not watch TV? We're like, Are you kidding? <laughs> We gotta have it on. Something we gotta watch something. I don't know what it is. And so we would there would be a lot of shows that we would just kinda turn on and I don't know, watch while we were playing or fighting or doing something else. What about
1: the um the local shows that were on that, that like for instance high Q? that's mm-hmm. that was on Sundays, I think. Right. But what there was there had to be some well Hayloft Hoedown and T-Bar-V. Sure. And that I kind of I think every
0: city, you know, had its, like, kid shows. and, and uh, But we were, here in Louisville, we we were lucky to have, you know, a lot. I mean, there was a lot of time to fill. And uh, Hayloft Hoedown every week and T-Bar-V every day and Uncle Ed and the Magic Forest. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, the people at the stations really did a lot of different things when you think about it. I yeah. mean, it's like. You'd do a kid show one day and a musical show the next, or you'd do the news and then you'd show cartoons or introduce a movie or, or whatever. And yeah, those were uh, uh, those were big celebrities to us. You saw, remember seeing Randy and Cactus at my kindergarten? Oh yeah. They made a special appearance at yeah. the Jack and Joe kindergarten That's in 1962. Right. Mm-hmm. And Cactus ended up picking you up, or somebody did. I
1: don't know. I, I've kind of blocked it out. I don't remember. He was no. a scary. He was another. He was kind he was of a, sc- a scary he had a clown looking face. cat.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Up close,
1: he he was he was creepy. So and I, but I didn't know that. Um, I didn't. Of course, you don't know these things when you're a kid. But you know that Foster Brooks was his brother, or whatever he was. Yeah. Um, and he was semi-famous, if not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the all the Dean Martin roasts. And yeah. that was a big deal. Worked
0: here in Louisville for a while, and then. Went somewhere else but then was like discovered by like Perry Como at like a golf charity dinner or something like that doing his bit. And became you know, in the early to mid seventies he was he was a lot on the talk shows and on a lot of variety shows and stuff like that. that Mm-hmm. one that
1: was on Where I think we... that was on Monday nights yeah if I'm not yeah and we watched that because it was like wild and crazy kids doing the <laughs> you know the dancing and somebody some girl would be dancing in a cage it was kind of like laughing but without the jokes you know right uh, but that was something we just thought that was
0: just wild it was just totally out that's what, there that's what got kept us in touch with the hip music <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Hullabaloo Shindig uh, okay was on ABC so, yeah, we kept up with those. And then that reminded me of something else that I can't think of now.
1: <sighs> well, there were certain things that our, that our mom would not let us watch. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah. Um, Dragnet. Because it would show things like, um, you know, kids at least uh, presumably doing drugs
0: and, and Jack Webb doing a, a long <laughs> lecture. Um, you know, it's funny. So I did a, one of the other podcasts is about Dragnet and when oh. I was doing it, I, I looked at, I remember the episode that, that made her decide that we couldn't see it. And it's, you've probably seen it on YouTube, it's the Blue Boy episode and it's where, it's actually one of the first new dragnets when it came back in 1967. So Friday goes to find this kid who's on drugs and he's got his head like in the ground like an ostrich and they pull him up and half of his face is painted blue. Oh
1: yes, I have seen <laughs> And that.
0: I think it scared the crap out of my mom and, and us too and she was just like, you're not watching this anymore. <laughs> So that was I think that was the one that that broke the yeah was back for dragnet,
1: you know it's funny. I never watched it that well obviously we couldn't, but um it was on during the day on me t v or some sort of alternative programming network, and I would watch a few episodes and I would watch Adam twelve just because I thought, you know what were people watching back then,
0: yeah,
1: it was um. Uh, Jack Webb had his finger in a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I didn't know that he was such a jazz aficionado either. Uh, I don't think he sang.
0: He didn't, look like, <laughs>
1: he didn't seem like he'd be much of a singer.
0: There were not many jazz-themed episodes of Drake. But, no, he was a big Dixieland yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And he... Uh, yeah. But I
1: didn't know also that uh, that Julie London from Emergency, mm-hmm. uh, what was her character's name, the nurse? Dixie the D- Dixie McCall. Yeah. And Bobby Troop, who was a doctor on yeah. the show, right? Well, they were uh, they were together, but they were also musicians, jazz musicians. And um, She
0: was Jack Webb's one of his ex-wives. Oh, okay. And he gave her a job on too I always thought that was really nice. Yeah. And with her husband. It's good like, guy. No yeah. hard feelings. Yeah. You and your husband just could be on this show.
1: <laughs> yeah, he can't get a job playing music. Can he act at all? No, you know, it doesn't matter. Just bring him on. He was a... Oh, anyway, so and that's another show that I had seen a few episodes of with, with um, and I and I know that uh, what what the Randolph Mantooth, Mantooth yeah. right mm-hmm. he was the one guy and then Kevin Teague was the other guy, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that Kevin Teague was the same guy who was in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. What? What a performance he gave in that movie. He was oh man. Um, who was he in that? He was like the the boss of the Roadhouse bar that Patrick Swayze was a bouncer. Oh, and wow. so he would like every now and then you know, kinda of get in a Don't make me call the EMS on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll get emergency out here my right
1: stethoscope. now. Hang on. He was he was just I mean, he was one of those guys. I think he just sorta of, you know, he acted on emergency and then his career like, just kinda went down no. the toilet mm-hmm. and now he came back, yeah, I'll take anything, you know. <laughs>
0: Patrick Swayze, schmezy i don't care. John Cameron Swayze, who cares? <laughs> but the but the
1: other show that 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 she didn't let us watch, and I'm I haven't quite figured this one out yet, it was Hawaii Five O, mm-hmm. because I don't know if it was be- she had something against tropical <laughs> locations or,
0: you know, she never the, did like one to the beach. <laughs> was
1: it the Hawaiian shirts <laughs> that everybody wore? <laughs> I don't. I'm not quite sure. And then of course. Uh, Jack Lord's hair—that was a whole That's, other thing that would, too. That but. would
0: cause many parents, I think, to not let their kids watch the show.
1: <laughs> but I, again, I've seen episodes of that as as an adult, and I just kind of, you know, I thought, well, I don't really see the what the deal was. I guess people just maybe Hawaii had probably just become a state not too long ago. Prior to that series mm-hmm. being on, I don't know what it was, but.
0: And it was a hotbed of crime because oh, sure. Steve McGarrett had to be there. It's like Murder, She Wrote. You know, Cabot's Cove is like the murder capital. That's the world. where it all happens.
1: <laughs> you think Chicago's bad? Oh, no, no, listen, nothing
0: compared. Nearly <laughs> the many, many people. Yeah, it's it, so. It's, and maybe, you know, maybe the there was an appeal of those shows. It's like, oh, we can't watch them? Well, then we really do want to yeah, watch them. Yeah, it. I'll go watch and them somewhere else. Yeah. But you're right. When we find out the truth, it really wasn't that big a deal.
1: I don't I don't know if she um, like when my kids were little, my I have two girls, when they were little, I don't know how this started, but they started watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, <laughs> and they were of the age where they were they were pretty easily influenced, you yeah. know. If and so I said, no, you're not watching that. Well, they about flipped their lid. They just. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. They're just—it's just a family. And I thought if you—the worst family ever. If you think that's a normal family, <laughs> you really are jacked up. Wow. But anyway, that I, I was just thinking. Um, TV shows that got banned from our house. Well, actually, um, uh, not The Simpsons. The other one, the Family, family Guy. Yeah. When they were littler. When they were younger, mm-hmm. they wanted to watch it because their cousin watched it. Uh-oh. Uh, that would be your daughter. Yeah, well. Uh, but anyway, I, so it's just funny that I don't even know if other people, if other parents still do that. And, oh, you're not going to watch that because yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of the...
0: It's it's harder than ever to, to monitor. I mean, think about it. I mean, not just pay cable, but streaming and all that stuff. I, you know, I don't know. It's My kids used to watch my... S- super sweet 16 party on MTV which that's the one show that made me feel like a ranting senior citizen because I like our grandfather who was a great and wonderful man would sit in front of the TV and he you know if there was something he didn't agree with or something you'd hear from him and that show brought that out in me these kids with their cars and their Cadillacs and Mercedes and they were just the worst I'm sure they picked them specifically because they were so bad. But that was a show that, that really drove me crazy, too. It's yeah. just, you know, it's... But now there's just so much out there. Hawaii, you know, imagine being worried about Hawaii 5 That's kind of quaint.
1: Yeah, and, and it's totally not the same as it was. I mean, it, it's just... I just... I Sometimes when I... You can really tell how bad network TV is <laughs> if you're watching a show and you see the previews for things like oh and I'm I'm going to sound like an old guy but uh scorpion um uh, uh what what's the one that Shamar Moore SWAT oh and and then there's 83 versions of NCIS with Mark Harmon let that guy retire <laughs> you know he's and may and I don't know he he may be a great guy I've never met the man but I mean, NCIS New Orleans, NCIS Sellersburg, you know? I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, and and, and uh, you'd think I would be smart enough to know it's because people watch it. That's why they have it on the air. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a ton of people that watch those shows. Anyway, so much about my network TV uh, and how much I hate it. But I, I will say this. <laughs> there, You notice a lot of um, returning, like... Um, like when are they going to bring back what's happening, and have make that in my, you know like or what is the other show that they brought back, some other shows that they brought Roseanne
0: will be on yeah. starting next month. Yeah, there Monkey you go. Murphy Brown is coming. There back. you go. Uh, will and Grace. Yeah. Yeah. The monkeys. How about the monkeys? Bring the monkeys.
1: Well, Davies. No. No, Baby they're Jones the gorillas. Oh. Okay. He's not going to do it. That's, All right. Forget and they have broken up, by the way. But anyway, so so TV was the that was that was a big, big part of our life growing up mm-hmm. um, and, and again, there was only channel three, 11 32 and then it really got progressive in the Louisville market. I don't know what year channel 41 came on like 71 yeah and that was, and, that was
0: a whole new world
1: and some people that are listening to this that are in the in the area we live in in Louisville uh, you will remember Presto the clown. <laughs> because he was pretty unforgettable. Yes. Um I don't know what that guy's name was.
0: Bill Domp.
1: There you go. Yeah. Bill Domp. Mm-hmm. He was he had, that was a gig that lasted way too long. He was
0: man. kind of the last kid show host in in Louisville. He was you know, that was the end of the local TV age. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably until like the late 70s, early 80s, I guess. So.
1: Yeah. And then and um and the cartoons, that, and that's a whole nother show, but the cartoons that were on Channel 41, what, what we knew of Channel 41, they were some good cartoons. There were some odd ones, mm-hmm. you know, that you would never An see. And Ultraman. Ultraman, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that was there. I forgot about that. Ultraman was a big deal. Um, so anyway, it was
0: a. a <laughs> There's a marvelous time to be alive. <laughs> a veritable. It has. You know, TV is always. You, there's always good TV and then there's always just TV that you watch because it's on. And, and we had good TV when we were growing up. Certain shows were good. Yeah. And some that weren't, but we watched them anyway. And now they're still... Such as? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Hogan's Heroes, Gomer Pyle, USMC. We Terrible. Were, you know,
1: Those both are horrible.
0: <laughs> we didn't know it though. No. We didn't know any It was any a better. different, different standards and, and, uh, And also, they were kind of aimed at kids anyway, so I guess that was the big complaint about sitcoms in the 1960s. They were juvenile and they were not, you know, grown up. Certainly not anything like sitcoms that are on today. Until
1: something like Three's Company came along.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, that
1: pretty much raised the game of every other sitcom that was on TV, right? Mm -hmm. When he got Jack Tripper. <laughs> and these and Don Knotts was Don on Knotts that show. Was there? Yes, he was. Uh Norman Fell. And yeah. why do I know his name? I don't know. Because he
0: was unforgettable then, as
1: Mr. Roper. And the and the the uh who was the, who played Jack's
0: buddy Klein? Oh Richard Pli- Klein. Richard Klein, yeah. What the, was the bar they hang on at? The uh oh god. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. It was like the yeah, the cat's meow yeah, or the
1: no—that's wrong. But it was something else. <laughs> it, I know what you're talking about. It
0: was some cute name.
1: And then they, of course, had you know Suzanne Somers and and uh, Joyce DeWitt. That didn't hurt. And um, so I'm I'm sure that uh, Lifetime or somebody like that has done a um, behind the scenes. Yeah, like what it was really like uh, on the set of Three's Company. Yeah. I'm sure it was there was a lot. More now
0: I drama. do have to say that. John Ritter was was a good physical comic. That the show was not always good, but he he knew what he was doing. I think
1: I, you know what I think. I think that he saw the kind of money that he could make. Right. And yeah. I'm I, I'm no different. I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> he saw the money and said, "John, here's this week's check for thirty-five thousand. Okay, where do you how, where do you want me to yeah. fall? Yeah,
0: how many times do you want me to fall? There
1: you go. How many times you want me to bust <laughs> my head open? Um, and he would have done it because. And I don't, you know. I mean, obviously the guy's not, he's dead now, but um, I don't know, I I, I can't imagine what that was all like at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but, um, you know, obviously one of the big deals at that time in the early 70s, even the mid-70s, all the family sort of came along and Mm -hmm. shook everything up. We didn't...
0: That was, that was the show that I can remember, like, everybody watching yeah I mean like everybody in our family my grandparents my parents us it was and regardless some people you know saw more to admire than Archie Bunker than not and some people didn't but yeah. everybody watched that show
1: I, I just remember that one of the things that that Norman Lear did in that show and I can't believe that nobody else had ever done this in a television show before they flushed the toilet <laughs> and my, yeah, my, my grandparents thought that was hilarious. Like, oh, dear, that he fudged You know, yeah. I can't imagine that nobody would have ever done that on a television show before, but that was a big deal, you know? And, and the, all of the, the racial stuff that Archie Bunker uh, said, and that was a big deal. That oh, was yeah, very that controversial. Uh, and the, and even the women's, uh, Mm-hmm. Some of the issues with women that were going on No, at that I mean, they
0: really, everything came out. And it was so weird because just like two years before that, CBS had canceled the Smothers Brothers because they thought mm-hmm. they were too political. And then two years later, here comes All in the Family and just blows all that out of the water. Mm-hmm. And I, it's always been interesting to me that they didn't seem to run into any censorship problems.
1: I think they were afraid of them.
0: Maybe so. I, you know, when you said that, it reminded me that
1: we did watch the Smothers Brothers because that yeah. was a, a hip show, uh, but we also watched, and you'll, I'm sure you'll remember this, the Flip Wilson show. Oh, yeah. And even so, uh, not only did we watch the show, but they put out an album, and it which was, was basically was a recording of the first Flip Wilson show <laughs> in case you wanted to listen to it, you know? <laughs> And yeah. we bought it and I remember buying it at Walworth. I think it was two ninety nine <laughs> or three ninety nine or whatever it was. And we listened to the thing and it was still it was funny even on yeah, recording, yeah. you know.
0: Geraldine sketch, oh and, yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff, yeah.
1: But that was a that was a big deal too, you know, the first African American uh host
0: mm-hmm. that was you Yeah. Know,
1: people just thought that was man, you guys are really getting crazy, you know. And we
0: just watched it. Because it was funny. I mean, it didn't matter to us really. It's just we didn't was, know anybody. Yeah, no, yeah. But it was it was it was just fun. We were again. We were a big comedy and variety house. You know, people talk about growing up watching like Gunsmoke and Bonanza. We never watched any of those shows, no. and and rarely cop shows except Hawaii Five. Although we couldn't watch. <laughs> but but it's like, yeah, Bonanza and Gunsmoke were just not our westerns. Were not our thing.
1: I never I don't think I ever watched a complete episode of Bonanza until for a brief time a couple years ago I was unemployed. And what else would you do when you're unemployed besides watch Bonanza? It was on the unemployment channel.
0: <laughs> no job? It's a your job. Yeah, there you go.
1: Feel guilty that you you know. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but I but I I was also shocked because I didn't really realize how popular that show was. Um, I mean it was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big ratings and Gunsmoke was the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think Gunsmoke still holds a record now. I don't know what it is, but it's some record. It was on for-, for
0: like twenty seasons. I think The Simpsons maybe broke it or is about to break no. I think they did break it. But really? but yeah, it stood for a long time. And they're probably still the only hour. Well it was a half hour and an hour. Anyway,
1: twenty years. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the guy that played Doc, uh, what was the actor? Milburn Stone. Milburn Stone, thank you. He uh, When he got to a point where he, and this won't come through on the podcast, but he would he would do this. A little. He would sort of walk. He didn't know what to do. Doc, what do you think? Is he going to make it? Yeah, I'll tell you. And you can't see it, but it is funny. He's
0: rubbing his mouth in a very thoughtful way. Yeah,
1: as if to say, well, I'm not so sure what we should do. Most of the time, he would take his... Anyway, that's a whole nother deal. But yeah, I thought it, that was funny.
0: Gunsmoke, Doc and Festus. Yeah. That was their... They would like always.
1: Ken Curtis played Festus, right?
0: Yeah. It's just, you know, TV can be... And I watch TV sometimes for this reason. It's You watch a show because it's familiar. You know what to expect when you watch it. It's not always going to be, you know. It's going to kind of... The plot's not always going to be the same, but there are similarities in what happens that, that are very comforting to people. And I think that's why uh, you know, people love NCIS and Law and Order and shows like that, because there's just something, there's a familiarity to it that you like.
1: You know, it's funny. Um, I, have, I have an 18-year-old son who uh, is a big fan of The Office yeah. and Parks and Rec. Now, it's not that he watched it when it was on TV. <laughs> no, no. He went back and watched I mean it's as if he had a box set of the office he's yeah. watched every single episode of the office and if you said oh do you remember the one where so yeah I saw that one he's seen every episode of the office and I think he's seen every episode of Parks and Recreation
0: like streaming or yeah I don't like know where YouTube or, or yeah.
1: Netflix or whatever but uh, so that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. because it was and that's the way people do it now I mean when I right. started watching Breaking Bad, I just went on the DVR or on uh, pay-per-view, but we didn't pay for it, was just watching. And it wasn't watching it when it was on TV. It was just right. watching it because oh, I now could that's, go find yeah, it. I
0: mean, that's, we do that mostly now. We don't. See, we
1: never d- able, were able. We couldn't even record anything back in our day.
0: No. And if you love the show, if you missed that week's episode, you just had to wait a week until it came back on.
1: Sometimes, rarely. If if it was something that was going to be on NBC on Monday night, for instance, and you missed it because there was a Kentucky basketball game or whatever, you could go back either late that night after the news, or you could watch it on Saturday night or Sunday night and and they would rerun it. But we never we
0: never. So this is a a story about Gary Burbank. Gary Burbank was a well-known DJ here in Louisville, he was also in Cincinnati for a long time. So when he first started here in Louisville at W-A-K-Y, Laugh-In had just come on the air, but it wasn't carried locally by our network affiliate until the following Saturday. They preempted it, and they ran it on Saturday. This was just like for six months. So Gary Burbank gets his mom, who I think lives in, like, Memphis, to tape record the show on Monday nights and then somehow get the information Get the material to him on WAKY radio, and he would do all the jokes from that week's laughin' before people in Louisville had had seen it on that Saturday night. <laughs> oh, you're kidding!
1: <laughs> oh my god! Which is pretty
0: creative when you think about it. But yeah, he was just, and again, in those days, if you missed it on Monday night, you know, maybe your local network would show it on a different night, and that's what happened.
1: I had no idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: And laughin's a whole nother. Thing. Yeah, I mean that that was that does not date well. No, it does. And Joanne Worley does not date well. It was on. I remember Nick at Night ran it. I don't know, sometime in the late '90s or early 2000s, and it was just like we thought this was good. We thought mm-hmm. this was funny. It was loud. It was fast. Maybe that's I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I I liked it because. Um, they, well, the main reason was when they had that, you know, I don't know what they... I'm sure there's a name for this, but they would have a shot of an entire room and everybody was dancing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of the girls would have something written on their their yeah. belly or yeah. their back or something like, you know, make peace, not mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I thought that was groundbreaking, you know. <laughs> but, and then they would, a lot of Nixon jokes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of... Um, Oh, I don't know who else was. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, oh, the guy that did the old man, Artie Johnson. Artie Johnson. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he was on there quite. I mean, he had to have been a career. That was a huge thing boom for him. For him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Alan Seuss. He was. Where did Where did he ever show up after that? Anybody? I know?
0: don't. He was. I think he was one of the regulars who stayed the longest. Because there was no way he was leaving. Where was he gonna go? He wasn't gonna find work anywhere else. Nobody's gonna start the Alan Seuss <laughs> show. Yeah, they had a lot of regulars, and and sometimes the regulars were writers. It was just at the time, at least, it just seemed to be very crazy. It was just you didn't you didn't know what they were gonna do next, you know? And they'd have cameos and you know Richard Nixon one of the writers was a big Nixon supporter and that's how they got Nixon to appear on the show Oh, just in a little aside.
1: Well the the only as far as I'm concerned the only lasting thing that 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 show ever really birthed was uh, Lily Tomlin yeah. You know we thought my mom thought she was hilarious when she did Edith Ann which there was nothing else even close to Nobody doing anything yeah, like that. Yeah, no, she really was. Um, and she was obviously good. And I think the show probably thought, man, jackpot. We just, you know.
0: So thanks for uh, uh, hanging around with us as we reminisce about television the way it used to be. Not necessarily better or worse, but just certainly different and reflective of the time. Thanks, Stephen. My pleasure. We'll do it again. I'll be back. My name's David Inman. Thanks for coming to the Potluck. I also want to thank my brother, Steve Inman, for hanging out with us today. If you liked what you heard, you can hear more episodes on iTunes or Podbean, or you can go to the Incredible Inman page on Facebook. We'd also really appreciate a rating or a comment. It helps other people find us. See you later.